1: This music gets my juices flowing. (laughs) Thanks for being with us for this week's edition of Take Two. We are back. Heidi Hatch with KUTV Two News. You can see me on TV at 5, 6, and 10 p.m. Mara Carabello is everywhere with the Xoro Group. And Greg Hughes, sometimes at boxing matches, sometimes sometimes at his fancy house up by the Capitol. You never know.
0: Just hanging out.
1: Yeah, just fighting you know, on
0: the side of angels. Every That's what day I do guy. every day.
1: That's right. And we were just arguing before we started about if it, is it a crazy bone or a funny bone. I hit it, and I call it a crazy bone. Is it's, it a funny bone? It's
0: called the funny. It's a does funny it make bone? you I've laugh? I've never though? heard anyone say it's a crazy bone. It's always been a funny bone.
2: Crazy bone fits better
0: though. It might, okay. but it's I not think I say have a few things like bone. this
2: that like aren't actual like
1: things. My husband will be like, "Is that a thing?" And I'm like, "I don't know." That's yeah, what I is. say. I wh- wh- what is I call people nut sex. <laughs> sometimes no i actually let much? me let me give it's you a life, not life not hack that's actually that. not
0: like, what you should call okay. people i would just say <laughs> i'm just gonna go out on a limb here and, like, and say change and the phrase like, Maybe
1: nutbag or like i don't know what it is but nut I, job i've said nut, nut job. job there's a
0: lot of nut jobs out there i would not use that other word what? i can't even say can't it even in mockery it. no it just feels are you blushing uh, yeah, well, I don't know if I'm blushing, but I'm uncomfortable okay. in real time. All right. Awkward. I was just trying
1: to think of other weird things I say that are apparently not that,
0: You know what's endearing about that? Is it's it's incredibly naive that you say that. Okay, thank <laughs> and you. Not, and, and not meaning it in the way that everyone that would hear you it say it true. would assume you meant it.
1: And many most people would not call I don't me know what naive, you're so thank about, you for that. Is
2: yeah. that? I don't know what you're talking about.
0: I know you don't. Neither do I.
1: Okay, Okay, good. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, we have some stuff to talk about as usual. Politics in Utah are um, happening. Uh, The governor held his State of the State news conference, and I didn't tell you we're going to talk about this, but my brain was just thinking about it. It sounded to me today that he would be open to the possibility of a red flag law here in Utah because we're talking gun control um, on a national level and locally. Are either of you surprised that he's willing to open that door or is it time to open that door? Greg, I'll let you go first.
0: I, you know it, the, the the term has so many connotations to it now. In terms of you, you can just merely be accused of not being uh, wh- about your wits, and you can have your rights taken away from you until it's adjudicated, which can take a long time. That's a deal killer. But if there is a way to substantiate that somebody has is mentally ill, and it's it's already been the ca- it's after the fact we know it. It's not something that you're accusing someone and they have to go through a battery of tests or something to prove that that's the case. Uh, I don't think anyone wants. People that are stone cold crazy, running around with guns, but it, but it, the way the red flag law has been described, at least in the in the fine print, it's always been based on an accusation or a worry that someone is that way, and I think that's a bridge too far. So you think
2: it's an uphill battle.
0: Well, that, the version I just said, but if you say that verifiably crazy people can't have guns, I don't know who would argue against that.
2: I know. We've considered red flag laws over the past, I think, if I remember right, Representative Handy is... There's been a couple was, legislative yeah. sessions where it's been <coughs> discussed. But, uh, consensus right now is that additional background checks for uh, people under 21, not extensive, but some sort of additional background check seems to be pretty bipartisan, and red flag laws that have... Strict parameters around how we're categorizing people's mental health seem to have some bipartisan. So, I mean, as Greg said, the devil's in the details, but both of those were laid out as subsidiary. Um, components to Biden's bipartisan, excuse me to the Senate's bipartisan bills. Yeah. And his red flag, the federal rag flag, I liked because it punted to it incentivized the states but didn't instruct the states. And so mm-hmm. if if we pick up on that instruction, um, I would suggest too, I may be wrong here, but if the governor is proffering it, my guess is he has already done a calculus that maybe talked to some other people
0: support. So I I speak about this because I kind of stepped in, and I remember when there was a—we were, and it was Representative Handy's bill, and on its concept, or at least the idea that people that are going through mental illness or something shouldn't have a gun was intuitive to me, and so I see—I was supportive, but as I got to the more specific uh, language, uh, people were pretty frustrated that I had pointed any even conceptual support for the idea because that—because it always means allegations and not verified— mental illness but um
1: the devil is always in the but details here's
0: here's we've talked about we get on this topic a lot and i'm i'm trying to be very uh stayed and calm i know i surprised you mara with, this today. with where she's uh we're on the same very of the wound table up today. on this issue but i will say again i i think it's an issue we should t- be talking about but if we're going to ignore you know homicides and and some of the other things that are happening i think because of lawlessness and i think because some of our urban areas around this country uh there is a failure to prosecute those that are breaking the law, and we're seeing crimes with guns that are on the rise. Uh, we should be staring at that and squinting at that. I think the homicide rate is higher there than in mass shootings, and not we shouldn't compare one to the other and one's okay and one's bad. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying if we're going to spend political capital, let's let's get a little broader than just you know this this issue about you know what we call mass shootings and you know all the shootings, all the homicides, and some of those in our inner cities, you know, I think that those communities would love for white America to care about, you know, their homicide rate on a nightly basis as much as they do about some of these more prolific or more advertised shootings.
1: Yeah, not a happy place to be I tell you,
2: I don't think you're going to find anybody left of center who's going to disagree we should talk more about gun violence in America.
0: Yeah, or the crimes that cause it, and and prosecuting people for crimes. If you yeah. commit a robbery the with a gun, crimes
2: caused by a. If you by commit a, a robbery with a
0: gun, guns. it should be an enhancement that you had a gun when you committed that crime,
2: right? Because the gun. Magnifies it, so the problem is because they could kill the you with it, yeah, yeah. The problem but is the it's gun. not the
0: person; it's not the law-abiding person with a gun that you should be worried about. It's the one with; the- it's the criminal.
2: It is the gun. Well, luckily, luckily for you, we have an
1: election coming up, and just, <laughs> there will be some district attorneys uh, reminding uh, people who are listening out there. Utah County actually has a primary runoff. Uh, which Greg was talking about this week, and then I was. also um, next Tuesday too. We're coming. Wait, is it the Tuesday? It's twenty eighth. Yeah, yeah it's, it's sneaking us up yeah. on us. But don't be like me and don't wait till the last second. Make sure your vote is actually counted so that we can talk about it on election yeah, day. Because otherwise, like in. four weeks later, we're like, oh, we finally know who won. Um, so that's <laughs> happening and, uh, Salt Lake County, uh, DA, but not until November that we'll be making yeah. decisions there. So I'm sure there's others across hey, the Is state.
0: there any, is there any, uh, is there any, uh, traction in this room for vote by mail, but you have to have it in and received by election day?
2: why because we don't have impulse control i mean it no, is no. because different. it takes
0: three weeks to count it and then it just starts to pull away from that election day wouldn't you want to have yeah. everything there so you could get reports that night on all the votes that were received and counted but then it, i think changed. it would add confidence you, to the process for
2: all intents and purposes just all you're doing is changing the election day yeah it well, is yeah,
0: frustrating if you know. want to be if you want to arrive by mail it should arrive by the election day Anyway, I just – I don't want to get into it. I just wondered if – I can already see that there's pushback, but I like that <laughs> I idea. I know. It, I'd it's, like a freaking a tri- answer to an election like we used to have the night of the election. Right, be great. and now Instead the 4th Congressional weeks.
1: District and other things kind of throw a they wrench in on. that, or anything where it's um, a close race. So it'll be interesting to see. We're going to talk more politics in a minute, but right now we're talking water, which can be political, I guess, here in the mm-hmm. great state of Utah. We are the second driest state in the nation, um, which is pretty dry. I've lived in the second wettest in Florida, and – It's nice to have green around you. I don't think that anyone who lives in those states. The humidity is horrible, but you'd never think, I wonder if I shouldn't take this shower this long or water this. You know, it just is not something that's. Some of those places you don't
0: even have to have sprinklers because it rains so much. It's true.
1: It's true. In Florida, we had sprinklers, but they had the um, sensors on them. So if it rained, it would turn off. So they didn't turn on as much as you'd probably think. But Utah, we have that problem, and there's a lot of different ideas of how to get. change happening. And I'm frustrated this week because I'm watching all of this rain that came down in Yellowstone. Some people are saying it's a hundred year flooding that's happening there. Some are saying, you know, this is a thousand year flood, but I'm looking at all that water thinking, okay, if we could just share and it would flow our way, it would be so much better. But the Yellowstone River flows north. I think it um, ends up in the Mississippi. So it doesn't come our way. And so we're so close and yet so far away from that water. Um, We were talking about last week uh, before this podcast that Mara was out watching a game of her daughters and that Mm -hmm. you were sitting on turf. So here in Utah, there's a lot of people trying a lot of things, but sometimes I feel like we might be making it worse because it's hot as heck out there hmm. to go watch your kids or have them play on that. And uh, I know someone who recently flipped their entire front yard, got rid of everything, didn't zero escape, but turned it rocks. Yeah. It looks nice, but that has to be like a heat garden into your house.
0: Yeah.
2: I don't know. Yeah, it's a little half a dozen and six. When I first started, um, I, as you know, I love water. Policy. I know. Mara's very excited, I'm so excited about excited, water, water conservation. But it's. it's not as simple as we make it out to be. So first, we should all conserve more. I mean, Utons have a bad reputation of having a half an acre of Kentucky bluegrass, and I think we've deserved that. But um, the choice isn't always between rocks and grass. There's so many local scapes that can be super green. But the one thing we don't consider is some of the overwatering, depending on the system we're talking about, does recharge our aquifers. We rely on a little bit of water waste, if you will, to get it recharged. And there are some studies to show if you hardscape something too much, it increases the heat and then you're using your air conditioning more, which is an energy resource as mm-hmm. well. So like with everything, it's not quite as straightforward.
1: I know. I've read that some cities, um, well, there are some cities that will pay you to flip a strip. I know where I live. It's about a twenty-five per square foot if you flip it. Um, they'll pay you, but I think they're discouraging people because some people are like, well, I'm just going to cement it in, yeah. and that's not great either because then the water all just instead of soaking into the ground runs down the drain, which is also not great. So it's one of those things where I think sometimes you overcompensate and then it makes the problem worse. It's yeah. interesting.
0: Uh, I bought, I purchased with my business partner a, an old building in Salt Lake City back in 1996, and one of the first things we did is we did this landscape in the front of this building, and it's it's pretty much downtown Salt Lake. And we took these ugly, these junk trees that had been growing over the years, tore them out, and we went to Home Depot, and we put two little trees that we bought at Home Depot and brought them in the back of the truck, and they were small enough that you could buy, get the little like, concrete half-round half round mm-hmm. things and put some flowers around them or something, but they were small. That was 1996. They sit in front of a building that has a split entry, so it's three and a half stories tall. Both of those trees, you couldn't begin to get your arms around now. They're They're massive. so giant, and they're both taller than the three and a half story building and so for me at my age i've seen the little tree that you plant and see how much you know it's grown because it's downtown but it's pushing out oxygen you know it's it's actually part of this uh, making the you know downtown cleaner because you have these big trees with all the leaves i mean they're beautiful trees they're giant too they're giant trees what kind did you plant i have no idea okay i don't know they're from home depot they were pretty good price but they were but i'm telling you to see these trees that came in the back of a tr- pickup truck and to see how giant those trees are now that's a, that's kind of the point when you when you're supposed to be putting these trees in and having some greenery and even in your downtown areas and yeah. i don't think it's a bad thing i think it's actually a good thing if you if you take all these trees out of here i don't know how everything gets uh, better i don't i don't i don't But what's it.
2: nice is ARPA did create an opportunity for Utah since we're pretty good on infrastructure ARPA, um, the last legislative session, had over $460 million invested. There's a lot of money. So Great Salt Lake went from, you know, a semi-issue to everybody's top list. I know we'll talk more about it. But also, okay, I pulled up Utah Water Savers is a great place to go because it it lists everybody's program. And particularly a shout-out to Jordan Valley Water Conservancy District and Washington County Water Conservancy District. Jordan Valley, about 10, 15 years ago, if you go on to Localscapes, they have hired a bunch of landscape architects. You can do it yourself almost. They tell you the plants to plant. They give you three or four different designs. Um, they tell you what region of Utah. I mean, one thing that's a little counterintuitive, we always say we're the 2nd most must-arid state, and we are. But if you live in St. George and you live in Far West, those are entirely different, different climates, places. climates. Right? Sure. You feel very different yep. about those. But for the first time, Utahns are considering just – little measures, most of the water goes to ag, but the next of municipal and industrial water, most of our waste is in our lawns. And so just changing out, and as Heidi, as you said, we're paying a lot now. We'll pay for you to um, flip your sprinkler system, put it on a timer, we'll pay for you to change your landscape. And one of the things that I know water conservationists are really focused on is it is significantly cheaper for you to put in Waterwise wise landscaping than it is to pull it out and re-put it in. So you know I think that'll be so like when you're see. building a new house. When you're building your new house when you are really first starting it is so much cheaper so I think you'll see the state and these water districts really incentivize that new build that that nexus between water use and land use becoming a bigger and bigger deal.
1: Which makes sense because I've seen some neighbors of mine who've been digging out their front yards and trying to redo them and I cannot imagine it's st- Cheap because they have labor in there, skilled labor doing this, and they're long, massive projects when they're flipping this. So there's a lot of money going to that, and I think awareness is a big, um, you know, thing that makes us all think when we go to water ski in the summertime, and there's... The water, Your props hit in the ground. You know, those are the things that are starting to make you stop and think. I know when I go water my garden now, I used to just get the sprinkler and spray everything. And now I get a watering can. I water each tomato hmm. lovingly. Yeah. But it takes a lot of time <laughs> out of my life. I'm like, do I have time for this? So there's definitely a concentration towards that. And I think the governor kind of pointed us in that direction when he pitched his budget. And he went and stood by the Great Salt Lake and the Great Salt Lake's been getting a ton of attention. Um, The New York Times, was it the New York Times who just wrote this article? Yeah, it was the New York Times, and they had kind of, um, I'll call it a salacious title in there that Mm -hmm. made you think, oh my gosh, Utah's going to blow us up. But it says, the Great Salt Lake dries up, Utah faces an environmental nuclear bomb. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the fact that, you know, when the water gets low No hyperbole there,
0: right? No.
1: No. That uh, there's kind of toxic dust that gets in the air, and there's all kinds of problems that come with it. The problem is, is can we fix it on our own or is this one of those things where we just need God to send us some rain, like the governor who said,
2: Pray for rain. Pray for snow. Pray for snow. I think we can I mean I think we have a plan. Uh some of it's water rights. Some of it is though going to be ebbing and flowing. The one thing um I think that Great Salt Lake has unique to it is how many constituencies care about it, right? Yeah. How it's adjacent to the West Edge front. You have the Speaker of the House really leading mm-hmm. on some of this. You have the governor leading on this Um, and they are setting up, was it $45 is that right? I think that's how much they allocated in this legislative session to buy water rights and secure water rights for the lake. The other interesting fact is that almost all, if you live on the Wasatch Front, almost all of your wastewater uh, returns to the Great Salt Lake. So um, that's an interesting sort of the relationship we have between your TAP and the Great Salt Lake along the Wasatch Front is pretty So
1: even area. our sewage water makes it there? I didn't realize that. Yeah. Hmm.
2: yeah, yeah our, it. It, it would Not Not throughout Utah, but the Wasatch Front would. Interesting. Would, here's yeah. the
0: other thing, too. If we have a couple days of storms... Nobody likes to hear the news report the next day that says, yeah, and all that storm, it did nothing for the drought. We're still in a drought. Nothing helped. Because then you start to feel fatalistic about it all. You know, just yeah. at least give us some attaboy. Like, it's a good thing it rained versus it didn't. I actually heard that when all that rain happened recently, well, it could make it worse. Because now you have more greenery, which could then dry out and cause more fires. And it's like, well, then you can't win for losing. If, if, if every scenario it does feel goes like the that, same right? direction, <laughs> that it's all going to a drought or it's going to make things worse, then... I don't know that people think that their little effort's gonna help if two days' worth of storms yeah. didn't help at all.
1: It definitely helps your yard because then you're using less water coming from your tap if you're smart and turn your spring clean system off does it add water to our reservoirs no that's really the snow and the you know spring runoff that goes in there because when it rains you know it would have to rain a whole heck of a lot to fill up our lakes and reservoirs the other
2: thing to the scare the scary part about water we are living on our um savings account right now uh in water and we're doing really well we will not have a city that won't have water right We're, we're not going to have anybody who doesn't have water this year growth is the problem yeah Well, and I mean, we're asked to cut down on some of the outdoor behaviors, but even I I pulled up, so... The adage, you know, we're going to double by 2060, right? Mara and brought her glasses I know I for this. I I did. I did because I'm so excited. I know. But we this have is had, your wheelhouse. We've here. known, I'm trying to pare back and not be too boring, but um, <laughs> we, we have known this for years. We're estimating the f- four largest conservancy districts, which make up 90% of all drinking water, estimates that we need $38 billion worth of investment in repair and replacement conservation and new water supplies to keep up with growth. So that is $20 billion in repair and replace. That's things that are already in the ground. It's, it's your municipal government. It's your county government. It's the water main that breaks in front of your house. Already in the ground, we have about $20 billion worth of improvements. And then new water supply... So that's a new reservoir. Pipelines. We've had some controversial pipelines. They would be in this phone, This number is about $17.6 billion. And then conservation is going to cost. So conservation saves water, but it costs money. That's going to be about $10 billion. Now, to Greg's point about scaring, this statewide planning is, has been going on for years. So the good news is we have a path. But the reason I'm pointing out is Utah is pretty extraordinary. You started out by saying there's only four states in the nation that actually have to plan ahead on water, and it's the Intermountain West, right? Yeah. It's the four dry corners. Everyone else kind of just has water. Yeah, maybe they need to move it from one place to the other, but we ha- we don't have water. But we have been, since the pioneers, really foresighted in our water planning. So right now, you know, Mother Nature is not giving us enough water, but because we have reservoirs, because we have um, the water rights that we do we're going to be fine we're, we're we're being scared we need to cut down on how much we water we need to cut down on our discretionary behavior but we are not going to run out of water and drinking water even with the
0: new growth years ago I ran a bill I think I was I either supported a speaker or I ran the bill when I was majority whip I can't remember when but we took some of our sales state sales tax that's collected and we were uh, marshalling that and putting it towards uh, capital development of water infrastructure. Right. So that would be a fund that would grow over time, and you could – water conservancy districts and could that borrow from it. And that was using these numbers, right? Yes, using those numbers. They could borrow from it, and then they could pay it back. It's it is a loan because the federal government used to be – I mean, they're the reason why we were able to grow is because the federal government was providing those loans or even grants to be able to create the water infrastructure for reservoirs and for our water system. And then they got – it's it's the irony of all ironies that they spend more than humanly – Conceivable now, and they don't get into the space of infrastructure and water infrastructure in Western states like ours at all, really. So they're not yeah. helping us here while they're spending a lot more than they used to. So, so we did that as a state to try and find some dollars to to accumulate into a fund that could be accessed to help with the numbers that Mara just shared.
1: One thing I thought was interesting in the legislative session is they put two hundred and fifty million in grants towards fast tracking metering of secondary water. And I guess when they started talking about it, it kind of blew my mind that it wasn't metered. Do either of you have secondary water?
2: So secondary water is mostly applicable in northern Utah. Yeah. um, There's a sprinkling in southern Utah, a little teeny couple of places in the populated areas, but we're really talking about Summit, Weber, and Davis counties who have these flood irrigation. They have had rights forever, and you pay a nominal fee, and you can just water the heck out of everything yeah. you want. I
1: had it in South Jordan in a house I was renting right after I moved from Florida to Utah, and it was the first time we'd had it. And, you know, sometimes you're pulling, you know, bones out of your sprinkling system because you get, you know, some random carp or whatever stuck in there. But other right. than that, you know, yeah. nobody cared how much water you used. It yeah. turned on at a certain time of year and turned off. But it's interesting to me that we weren't, metering or watching that at all
2: because it's still water that we're using in the state. It's just crazy to me. So again, I'll but the, the challenge with it is it's about two to three thousand dollars per meter to install. Okay, so, so it's expensive. If you're a big water district, you could probably budget for that and over time do a little every year and a little every year. And that's what Weber County Water Conservancy was doing. Every year they were doing, I can't remember, a few hundred, and they were chipping away at it. But there are a bunch of small water districts who are, to their credit, balancing their budget every year. They like get this much money, they spend that much money. And so when you go up to them and say, hey, we need you to spend $160,000 metering, they're like, well, where where would this money come yeah. from? So they didn't have the money to solve the problem. I don't think they were philosophically against metering, although I'm sure residents will hate it. But it was that um, they, they didn't have it in their budget. So it was pretty... Amazing. I was a little surprised. The legislature had been considering secondary metering for mm. a while. They were taking an incremental approach until ARPA money. And I think it was it was mostly the Senate President Stuart Adams who said, "Let's just bite this off and get it done." Yeah. Let's go all in, fund most of it. So the state's putting up a bunch of money, but the individual residents, therefore the districts, are also still going to have to pony up um, a percentage of it. And it will be hard for many of these small districts and some residents to pay so it's the cost of this new infrastructure from that point of view though the savings like the water savings goes down immediately because we know some of it is if we if we're conscious of how much the savings like, doesn't go down the savings sorry, goes the up. Sa- water savings the water savings happens immediately yes but the cost to put them in is not negligible. It's millions of Yeah, a lot of
0: smaller years. counties opposed it just because it was an unfunded mandate. Yeah. They, did, they didn't have the budget. They, it was a nice thing to say to do, but if they didn't set yeah. aside money or have reserves to do it, then how are they supposed to? And, it, it, you know, they couldn't yeah. take and double someone's property tax and overnight. Cities and cities are tight. We actually
1: or, did a story about South Jordan recently um, because... I think somebody had been listening to it in a meeting. I think it was maybe the city manager who'd said something about, you know, we need to encourage people to cut back on water, but not too much. And it was like, well, you should be telling people to cut back. But their interest right now is cut back on water, and they've been doing a great job at city areas. If you go by Mulligan's Golf Course, that's a brown-dead place for the last couple of years. So they're saving water, but they're also concerned about telling people to save too much water because then if they don't have the money come in, they can't pay the staff and support services they have, and they have to start letting people go. So there's this balance in between, you know, trying to keep people's jobs and making sure we have enough water. So it's not ever an easy thing just saying, make this change.
2: Yeah, and that brings up some, I mean, I know there were rumors uh, last couple of weeks about would the governor come out with a mandate, a statewide mandate? And I think um, I would say the strong consensus is – That would be a mistake. Um, Water, the retailers of water are municipalities or occasionally counties. And so I think when when you talk about ordinances and restrictions, I think every city needs to get pretty serious about whether it's odd even days or every other or flipping your strip or municipalities themselves putting in turf instead of. So all those things I think we need to be pushing and the state should be supportive and the state should do what they can. But at the end of the day, I do think it's local government government who has to take the lead on conservation
1: which makes sense because people have been talking about should they call a special session and do something but we don't want the legislature to lord over us greg
0: here's here's an idea that floated around the legislature for a long time that i always opposed but i understand that the at least some people's motivation for this Uh, part of our property tax that you pay goes towards water infrastructure and it and by doing it that your the cost of water isn't as high because you have this stable property tax uh, that, pays, that helps pay for water and, and water needs and water infrastructure. Some people that have been worried about the waste of water or we're not conserving enough think that we do not appreciate the cost of water because our property tax is paying for some of this expensive infrastructure. So they've argued in the past that the total cost of water and its infrastructure ought to be borne on the ratepayer. And what they pay every month for water, because then when they knew it was that expensive. So if you had a six hundred dollar a month water bill, then you might be a little more careful about how often you'd water, or if you'd water, or how you'd, you know, turn off the the faucet while you're brushing your teeth and not leave it on the whole time. If you were paying upwards of six hundred bucks a month for your water, it's. I, I think that that's. I've always opposed it because it's way over the top. You you couldn't bear the cost that we see from our property tax for the infrastructure of water. However. Having people feel the cost of water and how finite it is and how tough it is to get into our reservoirs, there, there isn't anything wrong with that. You can't price people out so people can't afford water, but we should know how how costly it is and how, how yeah. expensive it is to have it. So I, I think it's a balancing act, but to the extent that we need our water bills to reflect the dear price that it is and how much it costs all of us to have water here in, in Utah – we, we there's probably somewhere you could move there you just can't bear all the costs on the on the rate payer by their monthly water bill or you would just price some people out of the ability to have and right water. now
1: with inflation we don't need that i went to target uh-huh. today and it was like a dollar 59 for a tiny little nectarine like per one and i'm like <laughs> how did we get to this yeah because yep. the farmer had to pay for his water
2: the other thing with with the three prongs of water pricing, which are fees, rates, and property tax. Those who are going after the property tax are fundamentally not understanding the the stool that they're standing, the leg (laughs) of that stool. And I think what's really important about talking about property tax is property tax does pay for mostly long-term bonding. So when you say what portion you owe, particularly in the, let's go to the southwest part of the Wasatch Front where it's growing, I'm living off of infrastructure that was literally paid for probably 75, 80, 90 years ago. So how do you decide what my portion is of a federal project that came in? So water projects takes years to build. They're huge. But the other important part of that is what the collective tax is paying for is endangered species mitigation, um, healthy rivers, and importantly, fire protection. So if, if you... Want to take away the property tax, then you also don't believe there's a wildfire problem in the western United States. I mean, our water taxation policy goes beyond just you having tap water, it also goes into all the other things that this. N- this is both a commodity and a natural resource. And we have to have strong, healthy ecosystems. We have to, well, we want endangered species. And I say that from a Utah point of view, not a federal Endangered Species Act. And this goes to recreation. We need
1: our brine shrimp.
2: We do. And we also, this goes to all the recreational facilities. And importantly, it goes to fire suppression. So I yeah. think I think property tax is just not understood. I, I think it makes sense. If, if you don't understand, you're like, we'll just raise the bill and you won't use as much, but the research doesn't bear that
1: No,
0: out. it doesn't.
2: No? All right. I are there any it. other
1: fun facts we should know about water before we talk about
2: something else? Uh, she brought, she, like, I a... I, I mean, this, this so, is okay, like take a a, those, a, the old-school Britannica, listeners. like, encyclopedia volume here. For, for, Let's look our, at this. For <laughs> our listeners who are old enough to know Cheers, every time we pass anything... My husband was like, okay, here we go. A little known fact. A little known <laughs> fact that I want to share. Okay, here's a fact that I thought, a fun fact. Whales have teeth. We were
0: trying to land this plane here. I'm here we go. We've been walking out on water we're, like crazy. We
2: are one of the few states. The ratings
0: are going to just in the drop. West,
2: who are super <laughs> able to, most of our water is delivered via gravity. If you're at the point of the mountain, it is true. There's a huge holdings uh, facility at the point of the mountain. Yep. It floats right on down to the capital, and we use gravity really well to deliver hydraulics. Our water, so it so yeah, is true. Arizona
0: doesn't get that chance. No. So no. they, they have to pump everything, and it's it costly.
1: To I know. It's and it's crazy because most of the country, if you live in other parts of the country, you're used to seeing your water and thinking about it because there's water towers, yeah. and then you've got your name for each little camp right. city or town you go to on the water tower. But in Utah, we don't have that because the mountains create that pressure and yeah. throw it on down to us so yeah we don't have the water towers to remind us that that's all the water we have inside we have letters
0: tower. on mountains to remind us where we are right is it is correct? true because
1: you don't get lost yeah. and you know where you're at uh i want to talk elections because everyone has their ballots at home right now hopefully hopefully you are um researching your candidates voting and getting ready But um, there's a couple interesting things this week. Sabato's crystal ball, if you ever look at the crystal ball, moved Utah's U.S. Senate race from, quote, safe Republican to likely Republican. And that came after the recent Des News Hinkley poll we talked about that put Senator Lee at 41% and McMullen at 37%. It looked at both the other candidates as well, but really kind of focused on those two, saying that this was no longer a safe seat. Greg, do you... do you back the ball here and no, say yes?
0: not at all. I mean, it, it might make good could, could fodder, may, might get some headlines somewhere, let people pay attention to it. It's nice political theater. I would say generally uh, this is, is, is a very, very safe Republican state and seat for the U.S. Senate, especially for an incumbent senator. But I think these midterms in terms of Republicans being elected is going to be historic. And I don't think that Utah is going to be immune from this historic midterm that we're going to see. We have seen midterms where when one party wins the presidency, the midterms, the other party does quite well. Uh, that's been historic. What if
1: abortion ruling comes down in the next week while people have yeah, their ballots I, I, in their hand mm, and they're mad? And I
0: don't think so. I don't think it has. I, 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 look, there was a special election uh, in Texas of a, of a border a congressional mm-hmm. district. It's the second most Hispanic congressional district in America um i think obama won it by over 60 percent when he was running uh hillary won it biden just won it again in 20 uh 2020 it just flipped to a republican seat and first
1: mexican-born congresswoman or is it congressperson i don't even con- know but i think it's a
0: congresswoman, congresswoman. Yeah. member yeah. member She's, Congress. I mean, yes. i'm just going to tell you that that when you see that happen you can't ignore it and I'd like to know what the crystal ball called that district before that election happened, because I'm going to tell you if that district's going Republican, okay? That congressional district, second most Hispanic congressional district in America, is now swung Republican. Um, I don't think Utah is going Democrat. Do you think like at all? I uh, look, I, I could be, <laughs> but I'm pointing to what midterms, what midterm elections, the way they've swung traditionally, and then you add on top of that your 11% uh, inflation, your Five dollar plus a dollar a gallon gas. Your all the things that hit a family in their pocketbook that they're feeling right now, and I think it, it makes Jimmy Carter's time look like it was uh, a great time compared to what we're in now. So I, I don't I don't see any threat to the, a Republican statewide in Utah. And Mike Lee uh, Mike Lee shouldn't take anything for granted. He should run like he's losing, but and run a hard race and earn people's support. But this is a uh, this is not the year, and uh, it's it's not a time where. Utah somehow flips its tendencies of voting Republican. I don't
2: no, know. There are no indicators that this isn't going to be just a great year for Republicans, as, yeah. as Greg said. But to talk about the Senate race is more interesting because Evan McMullen is a Republican who is running as an unaffiliated. Is he? So, <laughs> it's true. So when we talk so, about flipping this mean, Yeah, really it's not, not, not going liberal. No, no. No, no one thinks this is going to be a liberal bastion. But what makes this interesting is. It's more nuanced than that. I think you're deciding between Trump or not. You're trying to decide between um, who belong, who owns the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that, um, it, you know, I, I think it's intriguing that this polling is coming out Things change as soon as the primary settles. And Lee really leans in in a way he probably hasn't. And and I think we haven't seen it shape up. But I, I don't think this is a matter of choosing between a Republican and a Democrat, as we know. It's a matter of choosing between which kind of Republican and which kind of Republican party you want. And I think that's interesting. It's
1: like a Republican and a Kirkland brand Republican. That's exactly. Yeah. Like f- a no-name <laughs> brand. Which fleece do you, you want?
0: You almost, you could, uh, that could have almost been the narrative until the Democrats didn't want to field a Democrat candidate for the senate and endorsed him and then that puts him in the democrat camp whether he wants to be in there or not that's who the democrats yeah, I mean, as a party the who put their weight behind i think that's behind. well
2: said on the spiel but there is but no that one that thinks that evan McMullen is a democrat
0: He's except not. for the Democrats who nominated him to be their nominee. No,
2: they they don't think he was a Democrat, and and to your point, they abandoned the Democrat in the race. <laughs> Although I think but he may have teased them like a, a little
1: tell bit. Isn't that a tell, Mara, that they're where he's, he's he he's a Democrat? More than he is. No, he <laughs> just like he does, He gives non answers to like appeal that you know. Remember, maybe he's I'm comparing to
2: himself to Mike Lee. So he said, "I ain't that, but he and he just said sadly, for the Democrats, what they found appealing is he just i 'I'll invite you to the table." but like you know, and he is being really coy if you if you go to his website, it's very generically American, um but again, he has on the record, I mean the guy's pretty it, it's whether you want sort of what would be considered a mainstream." Republican or the staking I, of the far right get, that Mike Lee is.
0: I think he could get away with this Trojan horse, say nothing to offend no one. And you know, this kind of tactic that's been used successfully before in campaigns and elections. I don't think this is the year. I don't think there's apathy going on in this year. I don't think people are not paying attention. I think they are looking at candidates. They're looking at the details and I don't think there's any apathy. I think people are engaged because I think people are feeling the pain of what's going on right now. And I don't think it's, this is what's sad and I hate to even say it cause I'm, I'm an optimist at heart. I don't think we're at the bottom here. I don't think we're seeing the worst of it. I think times are going to get tougher. And so as that happens, I don't think people are going to just take fluffy answers and – Saying nothing, I think they're going to want to. They they're going to want some straight answers and some plans on how this is going to change. And I don't think you're going to hear that from McMuffin. And I think you're going to hear it from likely. Okay, okay, you need Lee. to name, call him
2: call his real like name. That like, that's we're very not, tough. You've got yeah, that's a very great school. <sighs> so, but I will say one thing that's interesting is it I is showing. I sometimes say that without thinking because I don't. I, I don't think I say his in the name race. correctly
0: ever anymore. Yeah, I think Sorry. it
2: is interesting. It's showing the interest like in the race. You know. I mean, it is, people are interested in this race. And that's Who? what the polling is showing. People are paying attention. We'll I see, like yeah. that people are paying attention. So I'm hoping that this is like is a primary wanna, election to Does anyone want to bet me vote. right now?
0: Does anyone want to bet some No. <laughs> there we go. I don't have All any right. money
1: to lose right now. After I went to Target today and everything cost yeah. more than I thought it should bet. have. We I, like to I feel like I got robbed inside that
0: Something that you wouldn't would want to lose because you lost a bet. Because my point is this. Nobody at this table right now would bet on McMullen. Nobody. I don't think you'd bet on them. You wouldn't.
2: No, but the question was. So we can talk about
0: how great or exciting this is. is. Nobody here would bet on them right now. The
2: race isn't done,
1: though. That's the point. November is so far away. I have a soapbox <laughs> I want to climb on right okay, now. Okay, I like so that. So this is my soapbox, and we're not going to solve this problem today, but I was so aggravated. So my friend, Mara Carabello, you've mm-hmm. met her. She's super nice. <laughs> she um,
0: Sometimes. Yeah, so I don't know if that's a, a constant, actually. She gave me a great idea. I used to give
1: um, my clothes when I would clean up my closet to, I think it was called Dress for Success. I yeah. don't know if they're around anymore, but um, she gave me the idea of going to the Junior League um, here in Salt Lake City, right. which I have dropped off dresses so many times. My husband said, we can't move in our closet. You need to clean this out so I cleaned it out had all these clothes uh they're sitting in my back seat so I left work the other night and they're just down from the studio it's on third south not very far I thought okay quick and easy gonna drop these off You can go there any time of day because they have drop boxes that are sort of like a mailbox, like the blue Mm -hmm. mailboxes, except for they're massive and you can drop clothes in them. So I go there and there's a padlock on them. And I'm like, this is weird. And I'm like, why are they locked up? I'm like, maybe they just have too many donations, you know, and maybe the pandemic made it, you know, so that there's so many. And when I was pulling up, there was a guy that kind of walked off. And I was like, that's weird. I should keep my eye on him. So I look to the left of the boxes, drug paraphernalia everywhere. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm standing next to his drugs and like, he probably doesn't want me here. So I'm like, I'm just going to go back to my car, and I'll look online later and figure out what's going on. So he comes back, and, you know, it's a little bit sketchy. And I'm just thinking, yeah. okay, this is weird. So I go back, look up online, and um, they had a notice online saying that because of crime, because of stealing, because of drugs, whatever the problems are they're dealing with, you can drop things off to donate. But, like, from 9 in the morning till 1 when their staff's there, there, they said they're doing it for everyone's safety. And I'm like, how sad is that, that this is – not a sketchy area, no. but it's something that is a charity that helps women get back on their feet again. uh gives women clothes for free so they can get no. back into the workforce. And you can't go help them right now because the homeless problem or the drug problem is that big of a problem in this. state What do they
0: right do, now? steal the clothes or uh, rob that's, the people that are donating?
1: I don't know. That's what I've, I I want to call them. So I was going to drop by tomorrow. I think when, they'd
0: steal the clothes, right? I think they're stealing the clothes.
1: I don't know how you steal the clothes, though, because, because it's goes one of in this once giant bin. I know. That's what I was trying to think like, of. You know how, like, the mailbox is, like the blue yeah. mailbox system? But
2: like, you
0: said it don't had a padlock on it.
2: Yeah, but I don't know how you'd get in it unless you somehow dumped your entire body. My guess know is they're experiencing what Heidi is experiencing, which is if you are, I, I own an office and have for 20 years in downtown Salt Lake, and I've never seen it as sketchy as it has been in the last five years three, four, five years, and I'll bet they're just trying to say we're not even trying to attract people because this has become a haven, a hideout, a place for people to hang out, and I think they're probably worried about your safety. They're saying we have people hanging out. I mean, we have times when I leave work late but not super late, and the gauntlet I have to walk and the uncomfortableness, we have a security guard at this, at the, at at this building I've been in that's never had security guards and it is because of the complete and utter lack of leadership on the homeless.
1: Lawlessness. Issue. I know it's a mess. And so here's a
2: couple examples. Our 10
1: PM producer, he was telling us in a meeting the other night that inside of his apartment, you have to walk down halls to get to each apartment. There's drug paraphernalia. There's homeless people who actually sleep in there, but nobody does anything about it. You call the city, and they're like, talk to your apartment, and then they fine them $25, but nobody cares. If I want to walk down Main Street to get to City Creek, if I walk on what would be the east side of the street, probably don't have to step over a lot of bodies. If I go on the left side of the street, they look like bodies because they look like they're dead, but there are obviously yeah. Yeah. passed that's, out from drugs my and alcohol. The they're all God's children. I feel bad. I want them to get help, but they're like literally in the middle of si- the sidewalk and you have to walk over them. And you're like, how did we get to this point?
2: To compound this problem is it is not because we've categorically increased the amount. This is not an unsolvable problem. We do not live in Seattle and LA where the numbers are overwhelming we have the means the experience and the examples to solve the problem I think we lack the leadership I think that Salt Lake City is right it is not their problem but they just keep standing up and not taking their own responsibility that Law enforcement in Salt Lake City have punted this. They're not doing significant intervention, and if they are, they're trying to arrest their way out of a social problem, which will never work. No, and then we're throwing token things at this. We're yeah. throwing being token homeless isn't invest- in a crime, but we got a crime. It. Yeah. And interestingly enough, for those of us who work downtown, you get a relationship with these people, and you're sharing a community with them. And it's not the individuals; it's the systems that support them. Um, We haven't had a coordinated effort. We have some good people. I always want to distinguish. I know people are trying to do good work, but uh, I think the problem has been Salt Lake City's punting on the issue and not stepping up and saying what. And remember, the city provides law enforcement. The county largely provides and the state provide mental health. And I'm just being categorical about the, the, the systems. And then... We created this distributed system. We didn't follow through on the commitments for yeah. um, services. I,
0: I, I still think, especially in the summer months, I think there's enough uh, resources out there if someone wants. I, no, no one has to starve. You can go to St. Vincent's. There's meals. There's ways, to, there's ways to, be, to receive help. However, you cannot deal drugs in these facilities where you would or take drugs in these facilities where you would receive help. And I think that... What's happening is you have people I, – I did not know that drug cartels and the criminal element could profit off of people that were homeless. I, did, I thought if you were homeless, you were broke, and if you were broke, you didn't have any money. It turns out with panhandling being – that can be organized with what you can incentivize someone to sell heroin and then receive balloons for themselves, there is a market and there is a business too, um, the drug trade, drug tra- trafficking and human trafficking that I think people prey upon those that are vulnerable. If people are self-medicating because their lives are so horrible uh, or for whatever reason, uh, mental health, whatever it is, there are people out there trying to profit on that. And it's 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 a shame. And um, I don't subscribe to the just warehouse all of those people in one section of town so we don't have to look at them. I think that's inhumane. And I do think there are resources out there for those that want the help. However, competing against those that want to help people in need are those that want to prey upon those people and keep them in this cycle that they're in. And uh, and we're watching it. We watch it play out in front of our eyes every day. It's it's sad.
2: But one thing I think Greg, you and I agree on is it's solvable here. Or not I, by I, solvable. I mean it doesn't like go away. But it's manageable here, and we're not managing it.
0: That's correct. And I think though that it takes. It, there's there's this idea that you're, everyone's going to hug it out, and everything's just about emotions, and we're going to feel and feel good about it. There's the other side that we're just going to punish everybody their way out of it, and it's neither of those. There's a, there's yeah. a combination between. Uh, People feeling safe, uh, feeling like they're not going through a gauntlet of people offering them drugs or trying to, you know, to to pull them into that world that they're trying themselves to get out of uh, so they can go and and receive help without being preyed upon. So you have to have a, a, a law enforcement. You have to not let lawlessness run uninterrupted. But that's not going to solve it by itself. You have to have resources, and you have to have help, and you, people have to know their names. You have to know their history. You have to know they're a veteran. You have to know that they're suffering from something that where there's other programs out there they can help leverage to help someone in need. Uh, how do you get a job if you don't have a Social Security card, but how do you get a Social Security card if you have nowhere to mail it? There are answers to that, Yeah. but you have to know the individuals to do it. None of that, I believe, is happening to the scale that it could. Because I, I felt I, we were going down that road. Yeah, we in were. In fact, not, I don't think we were. We were – but it it uh, it's not. But we uh, have
2: experts too, and we keep convening citizens groups. And I'm not minimizing the intent or effort that these people are putting in. But we keep kind of DIYing when there are best practices, and there are mm-hmm. policies, and there are successful programs, and there have been experts who come in, um, and we have invited them in. But we're being inconsistent about it. And yeah, it's as soon as it, it gets Salt hard. Lake I'll tell you, has a huge yeah. problem.
0: I, I'll tell you this. And anything you do in this space, it's not gonna be easy. And it are, there are people that are gonna be upset, and you're gonna interrupt the status quo. And the status quo serves, sadly, some people. Some people are served by what's going on and the madness that's going on. So when you get into this space, understand that you're, if you're gonna interrupt the status quo, you're gonna make people angry. Right. And you better be ready to, for the criticism, because there's no version and no path that doesn't come with criticism. But you gotta get to it, and you gotta do it, and you gotta show from the fruits of your labor that it works. But there isn't anybody that I see that's elected or that who should be looking at this or it's their charge to look at this that's willing to go through that kind of pain and that kind of criticism to get to the right answers.
1: And I think Utahns are helpers. If people figure out a way, we'll help them. But I feel helpless. I sometimes I'm like, what do I what do I do? Do I come back and leave a glass of water? And and you know what?
0: Anything you did, you could criticize because any any version of how we make this better. It won't be great. Yeah. Especially when it starts. So there's always a way to criticize what people are doing. But you'd have to be committed. There are best practices around the country. There are ways that people get can get their arms around this and help people on an individual basis, which, when you multiply it out, is how you help communities and, and larger groups of people. But it's it, it comes with so much criticism and so much, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterbacking. But we do
2: need someone willing to do it. I think Greg tried. I mean, I think it. you have to pick the path. You have to stay with it and follow through on it, and we will see a reduction. But it will be painful for the person leading that.
0: Oh, whatever. Yeah. ever?
2: So anyhow, we're
1: glad we're not in charge. But um, I do look forward to change. I hate to complain because it's, if you're not mm-hmm. going to do something to help, you don't want to be the one complaining. So I'll help. Give me an assignment. Call me up.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: the homeless are. Hey, before we leave, we should give someone um, an opportunity to listen to something fun that's not our podcast. You guys were talking about a show that I don't know about. What have you guys been watching? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're going to own. Am I going to out you? Is this a show that people so should know fra- about? It's not
0: family friendly. It is not family well, you friendly. Can, you can't, oh, you can't huddle the kids Street? around and watch it. Oh, okay. Key Blinders, it's an awesome show. And if you, and if you've never watched it, you have, like, what, six seasons? Six to, seasons. To love and enjoy. And
2: and it ends, which I always like. I like things that haven't, I mean, you know. The yeah, ending. don't
0: tell me. I'm. It's it's out of the, it's out of, it's filmed in, in London, so it's a BBC production. I so love they always the BBC like,
2: production. Yeah, I they're always like,
0: It's six episodes. Are you it's, kidding me? It's, you know, American TV shows are, like, 22 episodes a season. We got not six. Not anymore
1: now. They've, like, made it so, yeah. like, uh, I think it's, yeah. like, gotten smaller but smaller.
0: But even, even like, Stranger Things is, like, what? It's got two parts, but I think it's but seven it is a gangster series. flick
2: and the language is salty but you know it's said with a british accent so if you like so salty, i have to I put have. on my yeah, closed so captions
0: okay. so i can catch the cockney accent sometimes some I of have them have put,
2: strong ones and yeah. it's little gangster but it's so smart and it's a, uh, it's a period piece it comes now, it starts at
0: right after World War One. it starts and now it's and now in that sixth season it's starting to get close to World War Two. and
2: they just came out with it's Netflix right because it releases yeah. it all at once yep. and um, Greg you're savoring it
0: S- I'm trying episode yes. by
2: episode you know I'm done I gulped it down That's impressive
0: because
1: when there's new episodes out, (laughs) I won't watch them all in one night, but I'll watch one when I'm going to bed one Mm -hmm. night and the next, the next. Well, you know what they do
0: to you? And this is, this is what they just time it. Like if you don't make the conscious decision to, you don't have to hit play to watch the next one. It's putting the next one on. If you don't interrupt it in the next so many seconds and I just stare at it. And as I'm thinking, I should really go to bed now. It's You have good late. self-control. Boom. No, then it starts. But no, this one I love so much, I'm forcing myself to watch it at a slower rate. Because I, I watched Lincoln Lawyer. That was a new one that came out. I watched there's that in one night. There, there's a lot of episodes. <laughs> I was up all night long. I couldn't stop watching it. That was um, a good one, though. So
1: there you go. If you need something fun to listen to, Pinky Pinky
2: Blinder watch
0: not yeah.
2: listen a watch yes. Pinky Blinders it's the name of their gang alright I want to watch I'm in I mean, two period too. there, was, like there was
0: a gang uh, called the Peaky Blinders All and right.
2: the relationship with Winston Churchill I think is based on real relationships is it really that's mm-hmm. that,
0: that part I didn't
2: little historical tease. fiction that's right you're, oh, right. you're learning I yes like that. <laughs> that's what i
1: like, what like. <laughs> some history well thanks so much for being with us we will be back next week have a great week tell your friends about us and if you have homeless issues you think Heidi Hatch can help with <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. (laughs) I'll be there.